1: So welcome to another Friday podcast in case you haven't been following along. Yes, we are now doing twice a week. So we are back with another podcast this week. And uh, we're actually trying something a little bit odd. If the audio sounds less than normal to you, it's because Paul's actually out of town. So we've got kind of some backup recording gear in here. But we did want to do two podcasts with you this week. Uh, a few things to talk about. A car debate coming up from Ralph in in DC. He and his wife are looking for a kind of nicer, more fun car. They've got a Mazda three they really like, and they're looking for something more fun at about thirty grand. That'll be pretty cool because uh, I've actually got recommendations for them I've never done before.
0: No kidding. All right, I'm excited yeah. to hear that stuff. That's great. Stuff
1: I've never mentioned. And I've read his description, and I went, "Oh, here's what you need." So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Well, good. But uh, what's uh, what's on your brain?
0: Well, I actually was noticing uh, we're going to be doing some Facebook comments and responding to your questions, but if you haven't seen, Todd posted a tease of the Mustang GT350 online Mm -hmm. so you could hear the audio engine of that car that is just, just a reminder of that. I was watching it today and just getting reminded and i was getting goosebumps pretty awesome so it's it's a fun that piece that up there that was awesome it's a
1: it's a fun piece and yeah it's just i'm excited to share it and i really we're taking this extra week just getting the edit done right and it's going to be probably about 18 20 minutes which is pretty cool for those two cars so yeah look for that coming coming this next thursday
0: well like todd said yeah i'm out of town so i hope the audio is okay apologies for that but otherwise uh thank you guys for listening we're excited to be doing dual podcasts per week and uh, I just wanted to start out briefly with the Beijing Auto Show that is going mm-hmm. on this week for 2016, and a few notables that have come out of that. But something that I'm noticing as a trend over the years, it just seems increasingly auto manufacturers not only are debuting new models, but the models they're debuting are specific for the Chinese market, and even more yeah. importantly, they're long wheelbase models. And so mm-hmm. I, I think I've heard stories about how you know there's a lot of chauffeuring that goes on in China. But I thought if there's any listeners out there that know f- for sure and with certainty about why China and the cars that are introduced there are definitely more of the longer wheelbase. For example, the, the A4L, a model mm-hmm. the rest of the world will never see or get. Yeah, we're
1: never going to get it. They do it with a 3 Series and a bunch of things. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's just a lot of, you know, maybe it's government officials. Uh, I know Uber, you know, is very much... You know, a big deal there, as is all the rental agencies, all the the large rental agencies. They can say, instead of renting a car, why don't you get chauffeured around? So I find that really interesting that Mm -hmm. uh, just that car market is generating new models. I mean, the Porsche Panamera, that long one from a few years back, they couldn't give away. The executive, yeah. The executive. The executive
1: class. couldn't give
0: away in the United States, but they're hotcakes in China, apparently. So I, I, I find that pretty interesting.
1: Remember, we had that one guy. I think it was Malaysia that wrote in, and he was talking about how he had to have a car that would be good enough to get chauffeured in during the week, because that was kind of the cultural perception. And then he wanted it still be fun for him to drive other times. On the weekends, and we were sitting here going, "Wait, what now?" Yeah, but, right. so, so definitely, there's right. a, there's a cultural reality there of uh, you just kind of get chauffeured, and so as a result, you know, you want to have the long wheelbase. And what I think is funny is there's some cars, you know, you, you I don't know, we're we're just so conditioned to the really expensive cars being long wheelbase, and here's just kind of average four doors, right? But now with more legroom, you know, which is is really fascinating. And yeah, they're only for China. That just shows you how much. That market is shaping the car market along with everything else. Yeah, it really is.
0: It really is. There is one notable that has come out. It's from Porsche. Of course, anything from Porsche definitely piques my interest. They've introduced the new 718 yeah. Cayman Turbo. And, yes, they uh, have. That's that's come out there in some new colorways. And, of course, everybody is eagerly awaiting the engine sound. So I find that, you know, okay, yeah, new Cayman. How's the new four-banger sound? That's what everybody yeah. is concerned with. And apparently it sounds pretty good. I actually uh, listened to it on the Porsche website. Of course I did. And uh, of course you it was, did. Yes, I thought it was great. I mean, well, you know,
1: you know, Matt Farah did the uh, the, the 718 uh, Boxster uh, launch. He had a he had some good exhaust video in that, and he mm. you yeah, know, his did. commentary was that uh, at idle it does sound a lot like a Subaru, but but the more you wind it out, the less it sounds like a Subaru. And I was I was intrigued and pleased by the way he shot that to kind of give you a sense of it there, which is really good. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting our hands on it. But you know what I was thinking about looking at the specs on this car. Hmm. You know, we, we always we, we love to do our generational thing. It's just a thing we like to do. Oh, and yeah. you know what? I was really pondering is how much it'd be interesting to get these generations together. With the new 718, 8, we get our hands on that. It'd be cool to get that first gen came in like you had, and then the second gen. But probably the one to get out of that lineup is the GTS because this, this 718 is like 350 horsepower. And the GTS, naturally aspirated, is like 340. So that's an interesting comparo, huh. I feel like, to yeah, put them on camera be, together.
0: That could be really cool. And and then, of course, now we're talking about the four-cylinder versus the naturally aspirated six, and exactly. you know, which exactly. engine sounds better, and which do you like. And you know, it, it, are sixes, are those flat sixes that are non-turboed, are those going to be beloved by Porsche collectors? Is it going to make the price go up, the value go up? I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Well, yeah, I mean. You're starting
1: to ask the you're starting to ask the old air cooled water cooled question. I mean, is it going to do that? Who knows? Who yeah, knows? Yeah, and now we but switch just to think, turbos.
0: For, exactly. You know, nine eleven turbos. I just I just
1: think that the spec just the, the, the on paper spec will be fascinating enough. I mean, it's close enough that it'll be a fascinating thing yeah. to put them together. And also, of course, you know, the turbo is going to have a completely different torque curve than that GTS naturally aspirated. So I think that'd be that'd be cool. That'd that be would be really cool. interesting.
0: That would be cool. Uh, yeah I even like the colors on these new cars of course i mean yeah it 's pretty nice looking stuff so uh anyway. yeah, if you ever wanted
1: matte blue, there you go Porsche 's brought it to you. but then the other big news going on this week that 's got me thinking about just just i 'm going back to the word, just the proclivity of this around the industry, and that is you heard the news from Mitsubishi this week oh yeah we okay but while while the Volkswagen thing is finally this is you know the Volkswagen thing has gotten to okay. Mia Culpa, here's what we have to pay now. We're going to start doing the recalls. And in the midst of that, Mitsubishi raises their hand and goes, "Um, I'm sorry, we've been doing that for the last 25 years. 25 years. Their K cars in Japan have been mislabeled for their MPG. And I don't know if you remember, but a few years back, you know, Hyundai got slapped on the wrist for doing that exact same thing with cars in the U.S., of course, lawsuits abound. Meanwhile, Mitsubishi North America is distancing themselves from the problem as much as they can and going, "Not cars sold here, not cars sold here." But I'm just thinking about these massive perception-shifting recalls. You know, you have Toyota with acceleration, you have GM with the um, ignition thing, uh, Volkswagen and the diesel scandal, and now Mitsubishi as well.
0: I mean, the Volkswagen I, you know, scandal went on for a while. We we still don't know exactly when that started. When did that all start? But for 25 years, and they mm-hmm. never raised their hand, and now they're barely a presence in the U.S. market. Definitely yeah, more worldwide. Certainly more in South America, definitely in Europe, and certainly in, in the Asian countries. But as I joked about on our, you know, the last Evo review that we did, nobody says, hey, kids, let's go to the Mitsubishi dealer and go have some fun You're driving. Right. no. That just won't yep. ever happen. And you're, now it's right. there's no reason for anybody to consider Mitsubishi if this is the lack of trust that they are building or not building with their customers. Well, I can't
1: believe it. Well, but you know, you're talking about a company that has become an incredibly niche player in this market, yeah. and now the, they have this, this uh, reputation problem in the midst. You know what? Actually, in contrast, now that we're talking about niche players, this is the thing, honestly, that Tesla is doing mag- magnificently well. Hmm. Because, you know, well, because all of these, I mean, look, side note, with the exception of the Volkswagen scandal, a lot of this stuff is, watch Fight Club. I hate to hate to go seem like I'm going off into the weeds, but the interesting thing about Fight Club and the car industry is a discussion of why recalls happen. And it's the amount of time something has happened until it starts to make marketing sense and financial sense that we have to recall this car. It's terrible, but at the same time, there's a real business case going on. In the case of these emission things, though, especially in the case of Volkswagen, they have flat out lied on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not a, we've discovered a problem and we're trying to decide the financial realities and the business realities of solving it. That's different. I mean, it's not good. Please don't get me wrong. But it's definitely different than we are proactively lying to you. I mean, the Volkswagen thing is even more insidious because not only are we lying about the way the miles per gallon are, but we're then telling you it's clean on top of it, which is shocking to me. But in in spite of that, Tesla, even though right now they are under a lot of fire from a lot of corners, us included, for, you know, For their kind of reliability or the beta test sense and all that kind of thing, in spite of that, they are and always have been killing themselves to make sure that their buyers know, you call us, you have an issue, we are on it right away, this minute, no questions asked, we're solving it for you. And that is that has ingrained people with such a love for that product. And as the when the three comes out and they become a true, much more mass market thing, I don't think financially they'll be able to maintain that kind of customer service. So I just don't think numbers-wise they'll be able to. So what does that do to it? But right now, they are rock stars in this arena, they while are. Mitsubishi are. kind of dies a quiet death in numbers. <laughs> and then on top of that goes, by the way, we lied too, which is just a terrible double blow.
0: Well, as we've talked about, Tesla has generated this public response in that the if they find a problem, yes, they're they're right on top of it, ready to fix it. But they're getting a hall pass from the majority of buyers and the rest of the public because we all know they're beta testing their cars. They're using us. They're using the yeah. owners to beta test their cars and find these problems. And they say, and because of that, because of that response, everybody's given, you know what, they're, they're going to fix it. Don't worry. Now, if that happened to your brand new BMW or your new Mercedes or whatever that was, Everybody would be furious. A new Lexus, yeah. that'd be unthinkable. And they, they
1: would be. They would be. But You
0: wouldn't tolerate that kind of behavior. But everybody is tolerating. It's sort of like that, uh, you know, what they say about supercars. You're sort of willing to tolerate the fact that you're, mm-hmm. your feet are off to one side or it's hard to get because in and out Because you have it. one. Yeah, because yeah, yeah the
1: old one. 80s supercar problem. Same yeah. with yeah.
0: Tesla. Well, I've got a Tesla. And you know what? They're on it. They're going to take care of me. I'm not mad. I'll just deal with it and... You but, know, you know, to their
1: to, to their to to their their credit, because they are working so hard to, to give that direct customer service, that is making people love them. And I get that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's maintainable, but I get it. But I do think it's an interesting contrast now that this Mitsubishi thing has come out. I mean, another one of these automakers that has just gone, oh, yeah, by the way, we're lying. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting <laughs> to, to see the contrast there in customer service. But you're also talking about volume versus not. There's so many variables here. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. And but that is just not.
0: Taking your money. Well. We're just well, for but for running. a
1: company that that whose presence is already dying in this country, that is a a, a knockout blow. I feel like that's just bad, bad news. But so that's yeah. happening. We should probably do we should probably do a car debate uh, while we mourn the death of. I mean, as you said, the Evo is already going, and so what else are we worried about in that lineup? I hate to say well, it, but it's, it's true. Just,
0: it's sad to think that you know this beloved company that makes one of our most favorite fun cars, yep. the Mitsubishi yep. Evo Ten. Not to mention all mm-hmm. the prior generations of the Evo. They're mm-hmm. doing this. It's it's hard yeah. to swallow that to think, yeah, that is a benchmark car. And they're not continuing it. And here they are lying to us as well. That's frustrating. Yeah. That's hard to swallow. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it is. But, well, especially considering what they're lying about is efficiency, which is where they've pushed their lineup anyway. Right. Um, you right. know, so they're lying about the efficiency. Again, This, these are K cars. These are Japanese cars. The, the shock, the biggest shocking part about this news is not that they did it. Honestly, it's the fact that it's been for the last 25 it's years. so long. That's the yep. thing that boggles my yeah. mind yeah. because, you know, how long have people really been shopping MPG? seriously now granted the k-car market is different but 25 (laughs) years is forever but yeah all right so let's talk about ralph in dc he is writing to us uh thanks for writing in ralph You, you say your wife it's you and your wife and you're shopping for an additional car you have a 2008 mazda 3 you both really really like uh you don't drive much she commutes every day so you're thinking about getting another car you have about 30 grand to spend You've looked around. You really tried to get her to say, let's get a Porsche Cayman, because she's pretty open, except she is insisting it have some kind of back seats. Uh, and you've looked at lots of stuff. You drove a C-Class Mercedes for a while, and uh, you're just wandering around. You've even looked at like other Mazdas and went, Thank you for saying this, by the way. But you went. We shouldn't get two Mazdas in one garage. So you're asking us (laughs) two Accuras, okay? Okay.
0: Two Mazdas, not okay. Not as good. Yeah, we're not doing that. Well,
1: (laughs) 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 nice. But you know, we've got you've got about thirty grand to spend. You it sounds like you could push to the the low to mid thirties if you had to. And then also randomly, because you're talking about maybe road trips, you want comfortable on the highway. You're going to take some long road trips. It is just the two of you for the perceivable future, but you are also entertaining a Porsche Cayenne. I want to speak to my own experience with that a little bit. I don't know that that's right for you, but you want fun and, I think, interesting, because, I mean, you've been looking at Mercedes and stuff, but you still want great interior. So I have three cars I've never recommended before. Really? But I'm very curious where you land. Yeah, yeah.
0: Really, I've I, the cars I've thought about, I've recommended before, but I think they could really work for Ralph and his wife. A little bit of background about Ralph here is that he grew up in Europe driving some small Volkswagens. And it mm-hmm. looks like Jaguar XJs on the highway. He said his wife has previously owned a Honda CRX. So I can see where the sort of SUV sit-higher kind of love is sure. coming from, which might sure, be influencing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that Cayenne choice there. And uh, yeah, like he said, they've got to have some back seats. So that could mean four-door or two-door. So it could mean a coupe mm-hmm. as well. Um, but uh, I, I find it funny that the perception, yeah, you, you know you you thought you were convinced and set on this mercedes C 300, but it sounds like your wife is you know thinking it's a little too pimp daddy and a little bit too flashy, yeah, it's not interesting. her
1: not her style, yeah, not her style, you know, for sure. that's just.
0: You know, that's just perception alone. It doesn't matter if you paid twenty five grand for it. It's just perception. But alone. that
1: informed, but that informed my decision because you're talking about how much they liked driving it when they rented it. I, I'm, That yeah. kind of informed my decision of the kind of cars I think work for. Uh, for Ralph here and, and the big place I landed well you know what can I side note real quick about the Cayenne because he brings up the Cayenne it feels well like a yeah
0: well I thought you might want to talk about that just because he's asking about maintenance and fun to drive as well because he's he's trying to connect the big SUV with not fun mm-hmm. to drive that's not always the case so I, I thought not always good. the case
1: I mean you, you you've you what you found here Ralph is you found a 2008 which is kind of the second gen and in, in case you don't know there's there's the, the, technically, the first gen of the Cayenne is kind of in two segments. It came out in, like, 03, 04, and that up to 06, they were money pits. And the yeah. bigger the engine, the yeah. more of a money yeah. pit they were, to the point that they didn't even make them in 07. Yeah. You can't find a 2007 Cayenne. So then in 08, it's a revision of the first gen, but it's not really the second gen. But 08 to uh, 2010, the year I have, is is kind of the revised version, and they're significantly more reliable. However... The higher up the food chain you go for a cayenne, the more it's going to cost you. That's true of most portion oh, of course, it, but definitely true of in the cayennes. You've, and what's funny is, on cayenne specifically, there's an inverse equation for how fast the, they're going to drop. The turbos drop like stones. You have found a 2008, so barely that second revision, uh, 2008 turbo for 32 grand on Auto Trader, and you're going, huh, should I get that? I'm going to say no. I'm gonna say don't get that. Now, I think it will be far more reliable. If you had said a 2006 turbo, that would probably be 14, 15 grand. They are that cheap, and I would say run away quickly. The <laughs> 08 turbo, seriously, <laughs> sure, I just, sure. I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't buy anything 2006 or, or before. But that 08, look, it's it. if you really wanted an SUV, I would say yes, look at it, but I don't get the sense that you're prepared for what that may cost in maintenance. And I don't think it will be unreliable. I just think the maintenance bill is going to be two or three times what my V6 is going to be every time you get something done to it and that's going to feel well it's just going to be painful. Yeah.
0: I definitely think you could spend your your 30 to 32,000 better as well and just keep in mind Ralph that we have said this before that is when you do take a more expensive, you know, older used car in for service. It's not a thirty-two thousand dollar Cayman. It's still a hundred grand. It's still, yeah. you know, requiring that level of maintenance yeah. that it did when it was You have to think it about new. it, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's it's still a factor. And so I do think I agree with you, Todd. I think that uh, that he could spend his thirty thousand dollars a bit better. I'm curious to know these cars that you've nec- never recommended though, and I'm I'm thinking well, Fiat Five Hundred L. No, and, uh, <laughs> no, and no. Here's the else? thing. I,
1: I looked at I looked at the fact that he looked at that Mercedes C-Class and his wife has said, no, two seaters has to have has to have four seats. And I suddenly realized, wait a minute, the answer here is a two plus two. It's a nice GT style. Two plus two is the answer. And so that got me just thinking along those lines and looking up what's possible for that, you know, 30, maybe 35 grand two plus two coupe. And of course, the first one that comes to mind I have talked about before, and that is the Audi S5. You could get one of those sure, for sure. this kind of money. That V8 S5 is dropped like a stone. That is one I've recommended before. However, you know, one of the things that you're you're wanting it to be is a little bit agile. So I walked away from that and and started thinking about other two plus twos. I thought of the Infiniti Q60. Haven't recommended that before. That's okay. their current coupe. That's it's the, the, it's, the one. it's the it's right. the Update of the G37. And you could go G37 and go even cheaper. But uh, the problem I have with the Infiniti, honestly, I actually like the exterior styling. I think they're interesting cars. Uh, They have very little steering feel anymore because they're mostly steer-by-wire. And I don't like the interiors. I think the interiors look 10 years old. I think they just do. And they also don't age well.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're going to the Q70 for the next gen. And they've teased that Mm -hmm. on their website, which I actually really like. It can't come soon enough. For the reasons you're naming, I, I, I'm i just – we're ready for the new Infinities, I think. We're we're ready for them to really start knocking it out of the park. They're good. They're good. But, you know, we're, we're definitely ready for something else. So I, I agree so with you there.
1: My my two favorites for you, honestly – so that's one I've never talked about before is the infinity. But my two favorites for you are these. They're also 2 plus 2. So I'm just staying with rear-wheel drive 2 plus 2 coupes. I think that's going to get you because at one point you talked about you drove a 3 Series and – it just it didn't feel agile and interesting enough, kind of a mid-grade mid uh, three-series sedans. So I'm trying to get you something that is interesting to look at. You wanted a Cayman. You can't get one. So, okay, let's go coupe body style, a little bit sexy styling. But what's agile in that world as well? And I have two. Hmm. One yeah. is the, the Cadillac ATS Coupe. Get a used one of those. You can find them for your budget. That is a shockingly agile car, meaning that it is far more agile than you think it is. If you like that styling, I like it better in the coupe than I do in the four-door. Coupe is nice. If you like that styling, that is a good-looking car. It will be great agility-wise. The interior and the exterior styling, frankly, both are a little bit love it or hate it, so you may instantly go, no, no way, no way, that's never happening. But if you're curious at all, definitely go drive that because I think that car will surprise you. And then I kind of feel like the answer is my other question recommendation Ooh,
0: all, right, all right so
1: do, do you want to jump in here or do you want me to go right ahead to, to my last thought
0: i say jump in i, I say keep going keep going you, you've, okay you've got this start i'm waiting with bated breath over here because i like I, the cadillac I think, suggestion that's interesting yeah
1: and, and i and i think i think that's when you need to go drive you and your wife need to go drive that ralph go drive find an ats coupe and drive it and see what you think because i think that's a good one but i actually think if you're looking for some agility some style uh, can do nice long road trips, meaning you're hanging out in the interior for a while. I landed on a Lexus RC, oh. their current 2 plus 2 coupe. You're not going to get the RCF. You also don't need the RCF, but try really hard to get the 350. That interior is awesome. Obviously, it's a Lexus. That car is going to be reliable. You know, The styling is a little bit love it or hate it, though I actually like that big maw on that coupe more than I do on pretty much any of the rest of their vehicles. Uh, and, the, and the interior is great, and they are, they're solid to drive. They're great to drive. Question they're not though, as agile as the ATS, but they are good.
0: Can you yes, get sir. them for the 30 to 32 you range, can. though? You can. I, I looked up all of these because I
1: didn't, I didn't want to be recommending something that was not possible. D- don't get me wrong. Most of the ones you find are less than the 350. They are. Most of the ones you find are. But right. I found right. a few that were 350s, and there they were in the price point under 35. I only looked up under 35. So they're out there, may take some careful shopping, But I kind of feel like that checks all the boxes, gets you into something you've never driven before. It's a luxurious, nice interior to be in. It's decently agile. It's cool looking. I think it's a real candidate. That and the ATS. Please go drive those.
0: Mm, I like those. Those are good cars. And, yeah, we did like that RCF. And if you get the 350, still great interior, unique Mm -hmm. styling. That is Mm -hmm. a unique car. And, actually, it turns my head... Every time I see one of those cars, whether it's the RCF or the 350, yeah, it's, you know what is that? Oh yeah, I keep forgetting about that mm-hmm. car, you know, I think that's pretty creative, very nice, very nice. Yeah, I'm, I have uh, my moments. Uh, hey, this is, uh, this is good, this is what we do. We're, we're coming up with good ideas, and I like that, uh, that you're stretching things here, and uh, I can probably hear Ralph saying, "I have never thought of that, so I, I think yeah. that's good. <laughs> Uh, where
1: where are you for them?
0: You know, I went in a different direction here and I thought uh shocking. I was
1: <laughs> it's all Porsche. Let me let me guess. Actually, okay, and no, a
0: scene. <laughs> no <laughs> go it's on, not. Go on. I uh I took this to heart and those were Ralph's words about growing up in Europe driving Volkswagens. Okay. And I thought of two, actually. I mean, surprise, you had the longer list this time around, which is pretty funny. But I yeah, thought that of two. One of which is uh, also a Lexus. That is the IS250, which is a Mm -hmm. solid car. Mm -hmm. And I thought from a handling perspective, yes, it's four doors. That's fine. But from a handling perspective, go watch the review that we did of that against the ATS as well. And we came away really liking that car. And the 250 is probably more within the budget range. If you could get the 350, great. But that, that 250, that car itself and the chassis itself really impressed both of us and we mm-hmm. we really did like it. But then I thought, all right, I'm trying to take this Volkswagen thing to heart. I'm wondering if it can sort of pull on those heartstrings. This is a coupe shape and I have recommended it, but it's been a while. Okay. And that is the Volkswagen CC. This is the more sure. stylish okay. sedan. It's it's all more right. of a coupe derivation. So think of it as the really more sexy, good-looking kind of volkswagen cc (laughs) and i will say you know looking at the website here they start at 34 and even though these cars the diesels have been dirty this does not mean volkswagens are bad cars to own buy or run or love for a long time they're fair actually excellent excellent cars and the engineering is is maybe what what you're feeling that you know the the german engineering and what you're looking for Mm -hmm. in that porsche cayenne and it might give you that that feeling that you're looking for, and I thought that might be an interesting candidate. Again, four doors, it's got the back seat. Definitely and You're, you're more taking in the
1: him back to side. his roots a bit. I see that a little yeah, bit, and, and
0: definitely leaning more towards the practical side. I would say both the Cadillac and, the, and that Lexus RC would drive far better. Maybe not far, but you know we're talking about. I a, think
1: they would. I think they'd be more agile and interesting to drive. Turbo. I do. I do think so. But, but it's still interesting. I, I see where you are. But this
0: is a, yeah, just a bit of a different consideration, just in keeping with. Um, You know, not trying to go quite as flashy. And that Mm -hmm. was in my thoughts as well. And I thought Volkswagen, not as flashy, still stylish, still solid. And even new, they're almost offering free money. I mean, from a brand new car perspective here, nationwide in the US, they're offering 0.9% APR for 72 months, which is almost free money. Not, That's, it's
1: almost free money. You know, it's not quite, but it's close. Yeah, you're right. Not Good to point. say uh,
0: you, know, you should get a new car because of depreciation, but maybe you find a year or two old one for thirty dollars But on
1: this show, we like to just say get a car. So, yeah, I take your point. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I think those are intriguing. I, I really do. Yeah, I just I think see where it you are. could be not the flashy Mercedes, but still comfortable and nice, and it might pull all those you know the feelings that, that you like and enjoy about the Mercedes into mm-hmm. uh, into this for a lot less money and it's brand new car rather than a you know oh eight. that's what 8 9 years old now yeah and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i'm i'm just thinking get something newer so you've got all the more comfort convenience kind of things sure. but uh interesting that, that's it's always divergent It's always fun to hear And by the way you, We don't tell each other So it's always a surprise yeah, you, you
1: and I You and I so rarely Wind so up on the same page And we typically are, are on different categories From each other But anyway So there's some interesting stuff To drive, Ralph Let mm-hmm. us know What you're thinking about driving Actually speaking by people driving things We had uh, Julius You may have remembered Hearing him That was the college debate co- The college car debate A few uh, episodes back He had 80 grand to spend Just finishing college Had 80 grand to spend Had driven almost nothing And instead of recommending a car We recommended that Julius Go drive many many, 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 many things. And to his credit, he's written us back since and been like, you're right, I should. And he started lining them up and figuring out ways to get into cars and drive them. So Julius, hats off to you, man. I applaud you for doing that. I think that's going to so inform what you should get next. So I'm glad you're doing that.
0: Yeah, good, good. Uh, He responded to the homework assignment. So I'm glad he's in the midst of that. And we will keep everybody updated with what he discovers. It could be really interesting, could be very informative for us and him. So I I think that's pretty fun. So as
1: usual, we did post on Facebook. We're trying to do that right before we do these podcasts. And again, the podcast is twice a week. By the way, I'm going to take this opportunity to say, please rate and share and review this podcast. It is now also on Google Play. I can see the analytics. You're now listening to it on Google Play. You can find it on Stitcher. If you're on Android, that one works really well as well. And, of course, if you're on iTunes, please rate and review. We are continually steadily growing. And, of course, now two times a week your reviews there are helping us. So uh, please do that and pass it on to others. But we are trying to say, hey, we're about to record. What questions do you have? So we can send the, spend the back half of the podcast on questions. And I've got three here that showed up on Facebook tonight that are pretty cool. Uh, wow. You want me to run through them, or did you find any others? I'm,
0: I'm looking just about every one here is so good and so creative. It's, it's I want to get to them all. There's just so many. And even what you retweeted here from Jesse I want to talk about that one. Yeah, definitely talk about that one. Why don't we just jump into that? I mean, that was up top before everybody else's questions.
1: I will say say this about Jesse. Jesse actually posted a, a question on Twitter. We're trying to keep him on Facebook. And so what I did is I actually just retweeted that, which wound up on Facebook. And it caught fire. Mm, (laughs) It hit Facebook, and many of you (laughs) dove in. And so it's not even us answering anymore. It's all of you guys kind of dogpiling the question, which I love. And his question is, what two automakers would you like to come together and build a car? For example, Toyota and Subaru together built the FRS BRZ. Fantastic question. Mm -hmm. I have one that I haven't seen anybody else say. And there are so many recommendations. But it's a great question.
0: There's a lot of them on here, and I'll just read you a few. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're liking what uh, Evan, liking what Fiat and Mazda have done with the 124. I'm actually mm-hmm. intrigued more about that car than I'm than I am about the ND MX5. I really like mm. the styling better. I'm wondering what they're doing to to change any little thing about that car. I'm actually more intrigued by that car than than anything else. I'm curious
1: about it i i i'm they're gonna have to go a ways to bring me around on it, but I'm at least curious
0: yeah, yeah, I think you're less curious than I am but uh oh by it's, far it's by funny. far
1: i i'm I'm curious from kind of a what is that thing kind of perspective but i'm <laughs> but I want to drive it and we'll see where it winds up. Maybe it will surprise me because you know that that little that little turbo uh four cylinder they put in a lot of other stuff like the abart that's a that's a fun engine. So it'll be interesting to see that world blended, for sure. I just, I'm not not on board yet, but I am curious.
0: Mm. Uh, Anthony here says, GM and Alfa Romeo. So he's calling out American engineering with Italian sculpture, Italian design Mm -hmm. wrapped around it back in the coach building days, which is good. That hasn't been done for a long, long time. It's been successful in some instances, but many times not so much. But uh, I I see where you're going. Uh, who else here? Somebody else had uh, something interesting. Mazda and Honda. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I would pile onto that and just say Honda. Let's. What about the next generation S two thousand? Just Honda alone.
1: Sure. sure. Just yeah. yeah. They Join don't us, need please. anybody yeah, else.
0: They've got that recipe. What would a brand new Honda S two thousand be like? The power. It'd be turboed, better balance. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. have to do very much and update the styling and hotcakes because of where we're going as an autonomous driving society versus what you know the enthusiasts yeah. it's it's it'd, be, it'd be nice
1: i don't i think there's almost no chance it's a but it'd be, it would be and
0: nice the it's it's us and them it's, it's <laughs> wow
1: wow <laughs> the drivers and uber you. you know shakespeare all of a sudden what are we doing <laughs> anyway uh, wow i i knew, who do that last you week didn't we see were that joking <laughs> we Last week, we were flirting with math. I mean, actually, not last week. Tuesday, we were flirting with That's math right. on the podcast. Today, we're flirting with literature. What is going on over I'm here? I'm not sure. I anyway, school. Leave well, me alone. Um, yeah, yeah. No kidding. I actually have one that nobody else mentioned that uh, it struck me earlier, and I thought, wouldn't that be cool? Mm, all right. And that was a marriage between GM and Lotus. Lotus, the maker of mid-engine cars with fantastic lightness and handling. Merge with GM, who right now, let's be honest, is doing some amazing <laughs> chassis tuning. They are. They're doing great yeah. chassis tuning. And then on top of that, they have their magnetic ride control. And on top of that, they have a slate of interesting engines. Hmm. hmm. What would that car be?
0: Interesting. Lotus. Lotus. They had a... They had a partnership with a bunch of different car companies throughout their history. I'm just I'm scanning. I'm looking things tons, up right now.
1: Tons. They did they did like there was an Isuzu with handling by Lotus, you know, and then they of course right that's now they're kind of partnered of. with right now they're kind of partnered with Toyota, you know, and that's where they're getting their engines sourced. But I just thought, you know, I, I look at the cars, heck, I mentioned one already on the podcast tonight. The the ATS coupe. That ATS There's great chassis tuning in that ATS. There's incredible handling in that car, and yet you would never look at that car and think that is light and small. But that's all Lotus does. And they have great handling feel, and they have just—they're they're fantastic at that driver interaction handling feel. What if you merged those brains with the guys doing great chassis tuning at GM? Magnetic ride control is great on everything, and the number one thing Lotus needs is good engines.
0: Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. Where
1: is that mid-engine car, and how do I get in line for it now?
0: Well, essentially, that's how Lotus is operated—is more of an engineering service firm, mm-hmm. and
1: many, many times, you know, yep.
0: mostly in the handling department, and that's what you know car companies would approach them for is is you know that's what the isuzu impulse was this handling by lotus yep. let's bring that yep. back so funny with the so funny. the mass you know production capabilities that gm has i think that's pretty interesting yeah. that's pretty cool yeah i i like this question i i think it's interesting i i yeah keep them coming on that one for more creative uh creative mashups there.
1: Uh, yeah, and I encourage you to hop on the Facebook page and just read through people's discussions about it because, honestly, it's just caught fire. So, Jesse, thanks for for the question on that. I have two others. Do you have any more you want to throw in?
0: Uh, yeah, I was looking uh, here. One Carl asked about other podcasts, as a matter of fact, kind of taking a left oh. turn away from cars. But my proclivities are leaning more Uh-oh. towards the business side of things. I'm, I'm just more into you know what's going on in tech and finance and business and that's really my proclivity uh, along with you know Matt's podcast which is great and uh you know Jalopnik and our our friends on Hooniverse, those guys all have uh, You mean
1: you mean Autoblog not Jalopnik right
0: Uh well yes sorry Autoblog um
1: I I, I kind of had a read your mind moment there I, yes, I follow you keep going Thank
0: you thank you um you listen to a few occasionally. I mean, we're not avid, you know, all the time kinds of listeners. We're producing True. our own, of course. I mean, it but, it, uh, it depends.
1: It depends on. Cool uh, I, I go through. I go through fits and starts. I mean, I think like a lot of you, I have podcasts that pile up on my on my phone, and then I go through a bunch at once. Because I also listen to a lot of audiobooks. I'm a big fan of that. The writer in me kind of feeds that. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening to, to that helps me encourages me to write. I write write a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with cars. Always written fiction. But anyway, that's a side note. So I listen to uh, the business, which is an. Uh, um, a podcast about the the film industry and some interesting interviews and a lot of news about the business. I listen to that. I always have. uh, So it's just kind of pattern. There's a great comedy podcast that's only about two or three minutes that relates to Hollywood called uh, Martini Shot. I listen to that pretty regularly. So those are two non-car ones. I do listen to Corolla now and then. I listen to Joe Rogan occasionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Smoking Tire podcast pretty regularly. That's kind of on my list. Hooniverse works its way in there. Autoblog, a lot of the, the big names that Paul's already mentioned in cars. It really depends on I've got the time and hey, oh, that one looks like a cool episode and I'll grab it. But, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm kind of all over the place other than those two Hollywood ones that I listen to really consistently. That and Matt's are probably my consistent ones.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. There's been a few questions on here about uh, about my new car, and uh, I'll cover <laughs> this in one shot. I, I can't ignore it. I can't, can't avoid it here. And I had asked on last podcast just a few days ago about the best way you think should be revealed because Todd and I mm-hmm. obviously will be shooting the car We'll be doing a video on it, the reveal, all that kind of stuff. But what's the best way? What do you prefer? I say keep writing in. We've been uh, getting uh, a few in here. Instagram uh, seems to be pretty popular. And I like Dave Rendon's uh, crack here. We shall have uh, have a go at what Paul's new car is. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks it starts with an E and ends with an A. And I'm yeah. not going to comment. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say mm-hmm. it is bought and paid for. The money changed hands today, as a matter of fact. You are feeling the
1: <laughs> dent in your wallet. Pretty but, uh, steamrolled you know, right
0: now because I don't have yeah, it and but, the money's gone. I'm, what? Well, I it's that do? joke that
1: you always play on other people. Did you buy the car? Then you didn't get <laughs> a good deal. Then you didn't get a yeah, good
0: deal. Yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm fascinated to, to see it. I know you are even more than I am. I'm Sheesh. fascinated to see it because you're actually having it trucked to you. You've been very diligent in getting it yeah. kind of reviewed from afar, but you're going to get it trucked to you, and the reels off the truck will be – I'll be standing there with a camera while you stand there jaw-dropped, and uh, we will cover it. So it will be interesting. <laughs>
0: Hopefully jumping around and, and going, yay, finally.
1: You you will be. I have little doubt in my mind, and then we'll share it with all the nice people. So, uh, yeah, that
0: will be good. Oh, good. That will be very good. Well, uh, curious to know what else you have here on your list that uh, uh, I have, uh, stood out.
1: I have two others. I want to talk about Ryan. You wrote in real quick asking about an 86, 944 that you found. Uh, you've been looking at sports cars for a while, and you bumped into this one. It sounds like it wasn't on your radar and went, huh, very clean, good records. You don't mention the mileage or the price in here, uh, but records since the car was new. And you're saying two questions. Will it hold its value, and what should you look for, and if this is a good buy? I will... Answer one part of that and duck the other. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> do I think it'll hold its value? Yes, because I think the 944 is more the turbos than the naturally aspirated, but we've talked about it before. The rest of the Porsche lineup has climbed out of existence, out of out of reality. And so I think the 944s are going to start moving a little bit. Plus, I think that era of cars is going to start moving a bit anyway. That's a guess, but I think it probably won't go down from where you're going to buy it. Hmm. Having said that, what should you look for? Well, probably lots of things, but I'm not going to pretend that I know. So, what you really need to do is find an independent Porsche mechanic, not that far from whoever's selling it, and get an independent Porsche mechanic to do a complete pre-purchase inspection. Yep. And tell you not only the condition of the car, but yep. okay, what other 944s have you gotten in here, and what are their issues? That will completely inform your decision.
0: Yep. It's a check to buy, and those are between thirty and a hundred bucks, depending on what you want done. And yeah. they're completely independent. They are just, they're making the money, so they have no reason to lie to you. And, and they're, you're paid to say, you know, what will this car need? What kind of maintenance has it had done? Of course, you know, open the doors, look at the door jams. Has the car been repainted? You know, little things like that. Use your eyeballs. Sure. Walk around the car, sure. look at the tires, look at when the tires were made. You know, hopefully they're not yeah. still 1986 yeah, yeah, yeah. tires on the car, but... <laughs> No I doubt it all uh, bad um but it sounds sounds like a butte, and uh you know if it's got all the records, low miles, and yeah, from a you know non turbo perspective, I continually have friends saying, i think nine forty four is the way to go if you're looking for a you know a car to buy and hang on to. I don't know that, who knows. But, well, but
1: it's certainly the last. It's certainly the last deal in classic Porsches. It's kind of the last deal that's left the, of it. Short, last short of the nine fourteen. <laughs> it's short of the short way. of the nine fourteen. It's the last yeah, deal right. that's out there. But it, but right. it is a, a much loved car. It's just kind of it remains a kind of much loved, undiscovered Porsche, and that really isn't something that exists anywhere else in the lineup. If that's interesting to you,
0: right, right. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think uh, definitely worth investigating.
1: So, yeah, it, very much so Tell us what you find on it, Ryan But I think that inspection is key I've got one right. last one Do you have any
0: others? Uh, there's a few that stood out It's hard, like I said I want to I wanna answer them all um,
1: But we can't There's, there's not, there's not just, enough time in the day There's just not there's just <laughs> So nuts. thank you for the questions Gosh. We won't cover them all I want to cover this last one And then uh, we may wrap it up But um, Casey wrote in And he said, okay What do you guys think is the best bang for buck When it comes for a used sports car? So he's looking at performance, and I also am kind of reading in here that you're looking for like very focused performance and maybe even just sheer power. You you have a friend that argues that the best bang for buck right now in used cars is the C6 Z06, which is running around thirty grand, uh, thirty thirty five, which is a lot of car that's for hard that to be, kind of money. That's hard to be. Beat right there. And then you're arguing the uh, the O five Lotus Elise, which I've joked was thirty grand ten years ago, is still thirty grand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that that's a good one. I have two others I
0: thought of though. Okay, curious to hear. Uh,
1: I was going really cheap, and found and I thought of two that I always think of as you can't believe how much performance you get for your dollar. One is that mid-2000s Pontiac GTO.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to 400 guess. 400 horsepower. Funny.
1: 400 horsepower, six speed, okay? You can get them for 10 to 15 grand. Where, where on earth? And, and, and you know, they're not, they're not boats from a handling department either. You know, they're not the most awesome styling ever, but that's a lot of performance for not much money. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the reliable, interesting, not common, I think that's one. And then the obvious one for me, I have to say it, is the Boxster. You can get a Boxer for fifteen grand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you are really going, I have fifteen grand to spend. Do I get a Miata? You have to go. Should you get a Boxer? I mean, I know that there are those of you that are already saying, "Stop talking about Porsche." What about the maintenance? But I will say back to you, as somebody that now is having to deal with that. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, um, you can get the maintenance done for half of what the dealer wants to charge you if you go to an independent guy. Right, and right. typically, those Porsches, are they are reliable. It's just you have to do the maintenance. So it's not like you're going to have random things pop up. You just have to get them maintained. So, OK, that's kind of any car. Uh, so I, the Boxster is, I mean, come on, a $15,000 Boxster? How much was that car new? Oh, yeah. And I'm talking even yeah. second gen. You can find 05s. That's second gen. You can find 05s for that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't go quite back to first gen, but uh, I take your point. I was going to say 996 is the, you know, the model that really hasn't popped yet. Oh, in sure. Terms of yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It's really skyrocketing and why are these cars so expensive and blah. Yes, it's German card, German maintenance, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I I still think there's some value to be had there. And, you know, whether or not you like the the styling, you know, personal, but still, what a value. What,
1: mm-hmm. you know, what performance. Well, you just... You just reminded me of the fact that, you know, well, you know the the E90 series M3 is in this category too. I mean, those are those have come down a ton. There's a lot of performance, a lot of versatility in those cars. And then you're reminding me about, uh, you know, Gavin who shoots for us. His dad just bought a 996 turbo. That is a lot of car for mid 30s. Yeah. For mid 30s. Yeah. That's that's a st- deal as far as performance is concerned because every other 911 has gone off into the stratosphere of craziness price-wise and here's the 996 the unloved model in turbo form all-wheel drive turbo my god that's a fast car my that incredible performance there
0: yeah and uh casey back to your point here corvettes have always been about bang for the buck even brand new that's the whole point that's a good point
1: yeah that's fair that's fair
0: corvettes corvettes uh yeah i'm with you uh that's been the whole point of these cars since the inception. So when they start to come down used, I, I agree. I think it's hard to beat a Z06, but ultimately I'll say just American muscle in general. Because mm. new, they're still not that bad, but then used Mustangs, Challengers, Camaros, all of that stuff. I mean, Camaros, I think an SS or something in that range Um, even if a a ZL one, we've been impressed with that car a lot and they're still, you know, not, not mid thirties, not low thirties necessarily, but Mm -hmm. for the performance you're getting, it's a newer car. I think American muscle is still where it's at. It's,
1: you know, it's hard to be, what strikes me. Yeah, you're right. What strikes me as you mentioned that Mm -hmm. is when the Hellcats of the world are used and come down to 30 grand, we all need to get in a bunker. (laughs) <laughs> because ser- seriously, because people are going to buy those that's cars funny. and have no business driving those cars, but they're going to be affordable. Hey, I've got 30 grand. I'm going to buy it. Hellcat, please right. don't. Right. You're going to wind up, you know, backwards taking out half of traffic, you know, that's it's interesting it's all bad. when
0: they're, you know, yeah, 50,000, 60,000 miles on them and they're really actually quite affordable. Yeah. Yeesh. yeah. Hmm. Well, I
1: mean, you know, how many times do we do we have on the podcast, "Hey guys, I'm buying my first or second car and I have 25 grand to spend." When that budget aligns with I could get a Hellcat? A Hellcat? Ser- seriously, oh, it's going to be like take yeah. cover time. It's going to be take cover. <laughs> I'm telling you. Anyway.
0: That's funny. <laughs> I just I'm worried about that because I'm thinking, yeah, the Chevy SS, the Hellcat, the SRT8s suddenly they're well, affordable, like really affordable and they're reliable. Yeah, I mean,
1: Exactly. And I you know I just mentioned I just mentioned that GTO because 400 horsepower is a lot of horsepower. It is a lot of horsepower. I mean that's the thing about it. We in the horsepower war going on, we now are looking down at 400 horsepower like oh, it's only got 400 horsepower. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a lot. Absolute. That's a lot in most cars. It is a that is more than most people will ever need is 400 horsepower. Uh beyond that, don't get me wrong, fun but more than most people will ever need. I mean, those those two Mustangs that were are releasing that video in a week, right? Right. The right. Boss has four hundred and forty-four, and the GT three hundred and fifty has five thirty.
0: You sent me that we're, link for the GT three hundred and fifty, that black one on AutoTrader. That's mm-hmm. brand new, and it was what forty-eight thousand dollars? Forty-eight grand. Brand brand new. new. So there you yeah, go. Even absolutely. brand new, the the unobtainable cars, they're still to be found for a deal. Forty-eight thousand is not cheap, but. Th- no, that's a smoking. But deal. the performance
1: for that is is shocking. And then you know, take fifteen grand off of that as it depreciates, oh, and that's just man. an incredible car. We're at we're at a zenith in in many ways now as far as performance thinking. cars. Huh. Yeah, it's yeah, this is a this is a black hole. Thanks for thanks for starting us down it Casey, but uh, anyway. Uh thank you guys for listening to this second podcast of the week. We're going to keep trying to do these two a week, Tuesdays and Fridays we will be posting Facebook questions. Thank you for writing in. And guess what? We do video Thursdays as fast as we can. Again, next week is going to be the uh the Mustangs that uh, Boss 302 and yeah, GT 350. Cool. So hang on for that. And we're planning this year's feature film and a couple of behind-the-scenes things we're going to get to announce in about a week or so. So we're very excited about that new stuff as well.
0: Thank you, guys, for listening and watching, as always. Uh, yeah, we value your comments and your opinions and your your comments uh, all over the, the YouTube videos as well. So keep that coming. If mm-hmm. you noticed, we're up to almost 400,000 views on that Tesla Model X piece. Have you noticed I this? I have noticed. That I is have noticed that. pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. People are very intrigued with that car. and I'm starting to see it well, here in so- L.A
1: yeah so few people have driven them you know very much so uh, that's one of the reasons that that's helped us, which is pretty cool. Yeah,
0: pretty interesting. Well, in the meantime, till next week, thank you guys for listening for watching and we'll talk to you then.